be going inside the organization and inside that front office. Um, I think it's the best hire that they can make to understand that roster and exactly what that roster needs. And, you know, I remember even back during Gerard Mayo's playing days, there was already talk out there of this guy's going to be a head coach someday, even, yeah. when, even while he was playing. By all accounts, he has all the intangibles to be a really, really good head coach. Um, I, I think for them that they did make the right hire. Yeah, so I like Gerard Mayo as a coach and a player and a guy. I, I don't have any gripes about that. But I do think – I don't know if this is the right move for the Patriots. Um, Gerard Mayo is a Belichick guy, uh, played for him, coached under him. And all he really knows in the NFL is Belichick. And you just got rid of him. And the reason why Belichick got let go was how bad that offensive offensive unit was – and, you know, I, I don't know if hiring a defensive-minded guy in the day and age we are right now in the NFL where offense is what wins games. You know, defense may win championships. That might be the, the phrase. But offense right now in the NFL is superior because of the way they've opened up the middle of the field, uh, protecting their players. Uh, no more of those Vontez Burfick type hits that take players out. They're protecting the players, and I get that. That's great. But as a result, it's kind of opened up the offensive playing field a little bit to where it's now kind of the the more superior side of the football. And I, I don't know if hiring a defensive-minded guy that came from Belichick, where all he knows as a coach is probably going to be from Belichick, the guy you just fired is the best option. I'm not saying that he's not a good football coach. I'm not saying he's not a great leader or a, a good locker room guy. I'm not saying any of that. But I just don't know in this day and age – coming off of a defensive-minded guy that you just fired, why would you hire a guy that's coming from the same tree as the guy you just fired and a defensive-minded guy? I think, for me, that would be somebody would have to, to tell me how how hands-on is he going to be. Like, for example, D'Amico Ryan's in Houston. Yes, and that works. I think yes. we all would say, you know, he's a defensive-minded yes, guy, he but is. he's more hands-off and lets his offense coordinator do this thing, let the defense do it. So if Mayo can be in that mold of a D'Amico Ryans and hire the right assistants around him and just be a leader, a head coach, I think he could work. I do agree with you. If he if he's going to go in there and try to re create what Belichick did and be this big defensive-minded guy and have his hand in everything and yeah. make all – I don't think that's going to work. No. But I do think I – I do look at D'Amico Ryans in Houston and, and see what he's been able to, to do there – and the key is going to be, got to find a quarterback. Yeah. You find the right quarterback, then maybe all that kind of worry goes away because it can mask a lot of things for you. And they, Houston hit on that quarterback this season um, and it, you know, catapult them into the playoffs. And the same thing can potentially happen in New England if, if Mayo and the Patriots can go out and find their quarterback to, to move this franchise forward. Because, you know, at this point, the, Mac Jones isn't going to be that guy. No. <laughs> they don't have the quarterback no. on the roster to be that no. guy. Mm-mm. And, you know, are they able to go out and maneuver in the draft and be able to find anything? The problem is going to be, I think we can all really agree, that the roster's not that great. No, it's and not. And check. everybody calls him a genius, and they call it, you know, they say he was able to find a lot of these, you know, underrated guys. You know, I'm of the belief that Brady – helped elevate that franchise and elevate those, you know, unnamed, underrated guys that they took in the draft. I mean, once Brady left, what did any of those guys do? Well, like, Belichick was known as this genius of moving around in the draft and finding these gems, and he's still doing that since Brady's gone, and how have those gems turned out? Not very well. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's going to be curious to see how Mayo and that front office also attacks the NFL draft and attacks building that roster. Um, But I I agree – and I understand what you're saying. If he does try to do it the Belichick way, that is worrisome. Yeah. If he tries to do it more of the D'Amico Ryan's way, I can see him being able to turn that organization around to be successful going forward. And and I say it because that's all he knows. I mean, right. that was his coach. That's who he was on the staff with. That's how he knows to coach. That's his. You know, that's how he knows to be an NFL guy. And D'Amico Ryan's is a great example. And I, I think that if you have a Defensive-minded coach, you've got to have a quarterback that can be really good. You've got to have a quarterback that can kind of uh, take you to where you want to be. And um, C.J. Stroud has proven to be that. Um, and, you know, Pete Carroll, when he had Russell Wilson in his prime, they could do that. 
Sean uh, Sean McDermott with Josh Allen. They can be successful because they've got a guy in Josh Allen that's incredible. So it does work, but inferior quarterback play with a defensive-minded coach has shown this season and and over the past couple of seasons does not work. Uh, Bill Belichick got fired because of insufficient quarterback play. Brandon Staley had Justin Herbert there, and they're not even in the playoffs. Justin Herbert is a generational guy, a top-10 quarterback, not making the playoffs. Fireable offense. Now, keep in mind that defense was terrible too, but um, Ron Rivera with with the commanders, a defensive-minded guy with insufficient quarterback play. Uh, Mike Vrabel, uh, you know, Will Levis could be a, a good quarterback going forward in here in a couple of years, but the Ryan Tannehill, Malik, well, uh, Malik Willis, Will Levis kind of epidemic they had this season did not work. Fireable offense. Um, so it does work, but it has to work the right way. Right. I think it, if you're going to hire an, uh, an offensive-minded head coach, I think he can call the plays and lead the organization and, and not just you know kind of shove it off to somebody else. I, for example, Mike McCarthy in Dallas right now, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what he's doing. Um, I, think, I think the example is going to be of if you're going to hire a defensive-minded coach in the NFL, you better hire a good offense coordinator. And you better go out and find a good quarterback. You cannot. I don't. I don't think you can hire a defensive-minded coach, like even Sean McDormand in in Buffalo. Right up until really this season, he didn't call the defense. No. You know, Frazier did. No. Um, so I. I think you can't have, in to my opinion, in the NFL, you can't have a defensive-minded coach who's also a call on the defensive signals. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's going to be curious to see with Gerard Mayo too. How does how does he handle that? Does he want to control that defense? Does he want to call that defense? Because um, if he does, I don't think that's going to work. Yeah. Um, I think he needs to be uh, a guy who's just a leader, an organizer, a leader of the organization. Um, and then on game day, yeah, he manages the game situations, but you let your defensive coordinator do his thing. You let his offensive coordinator do his thing, and that's how you lead that organization. Yeah, so yesterday we did uh, what would be the the plan of action for the Patriots to get back to where they want to be. And the first thing I said yesterday was hire an offensive coach. Now, they're not going to do that, so now let's go forward. Um, where – you know what? What can the Patriots do to get to where they want to be with now Gerard Mayo? And I think first off, if Mayo's going to be the guy, you got to bring in an offensive mind at OC that's going to be able to get it, get it done. Now, the problem with that is when you look around the league right now, a lot of the job opportunities for head coach, um, a lot of the offensive minds that you're going to want on your team are probably going to go get head coaching jobs now. So. You take the the risk of hiring a defensive-minded guy. Now, you might not be able to bring in a guy at coordinator because, hey, I mean, he could go be the, the, the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, the Chargers, the, the Panthers, the Commanders. There are a lot of options for him, right? So I think they've already kind of taken a little bit of a wrong step in, the, in, in where they're trying to get to. But let's, let's just say, all right, move on. You've got to get an offensive-minded guy at coach. And then next off, you've got to go get your quarterback in the draft, and I assume that's going to be Jane Daniels. Because um, I don't think they'll be able to get May, and obviously, you know, Caleb Williams isn't probably going to be available at that pick either. Um, so if Jane Daniels is the guy, draft Jane Daniels. You got to get offensive line because I think the most important position outside of quarterback offensively is the line because you're not going to be able to know what you have in Jane Daniels if he's running for his life. Look at Bryce Young this year, right? Uh, Bryce Young, a, a top pick, was running for his life every play, had insufficient receivers to throw to, no weapons. And now he looks like, you know, is he going to work in the NFL? We don't know because we really haven't really seen a, a good sample size of it. So if I'm the Patriots, you got to draft Daniels or your quarterback of the future, beef up that offensive line and maybe get a weapon or two uh, later in the draft. But um, this is a rebuild, and you've got to start that rebuild the right way. Hiring a defensive-minded guy wasn't my first option. Um, but you know, this just kind of the situation they're in now. What kind of what process do you think they need to follow? No, I com- I completely agree with that. Now, now that you've hired Mayo, now you have to pinpoint okay, who who's going to call plays on the offensive side for us? Uh, and like you said, that's a good point. It makes it tougher now because a lot of these guys can go get head coaching jobs. Yep. Um, you got to get that offensive minded guy who you believe in that you're going to let him call his plays, call his offense, run his offense. You got to identify a quarterback in this draft, and maybe you don't identify a quarterback in this draft, but maybe you go get a veteran guy somewhere, mm-hmm. and then you fix the offensive line yeah. while you have a veteran quarterback, and then 
in the future, in a couple of next next summer, you know, two years from now, once you're able to fix your offensive line and that way, because what you don't what you don't want is what the Tennessee Titans are doing right now, which they think they have their quarterback. Yeah. But you don't know that because once again he's getting hurt and he's running for his life just like Bryce Young because your offensive line's so bad. Yeah. Uh, so I would look at if you identify a quarterback in the draft that you love that you're just flat out in love with. Mm-hmm. I would go get that and then fix your offensive line. But if you're not in love with a Jaden Daniels or you're not in love with some of these quarterbacks that's not at the top of the draft like a May or a Williams, I wouldn't wait. I've I've been saying for years, if I'm somewhere in the middle of that first round, if I know I can't go up to a top three pick or top four pick and go get a bona fide franchise quarterback, mm-hmm. don't just settle for the next – don't take a quarterback because you have to take a quarterback. Yeah. Go draft best available. Yeah. Go go sign a veteran quarterback somewhere. Sure. Fix the rest of your because the Cleveland Browns are the perfect example of that yeah. for uh, twenty yeah. years. Yeah. Every year they want to draft a quarterback. Yeah. And then look at how many players they missed on in those twenty years that they yeah. could have had at other positions. Yeah. To where maybe if you land some of these receivers or running back or you fix your offensive line, you could have went and got a veteran that could have got you to the playoffs. And, and you stabilize your organization, but they kept chasing the quarterback, kept chasing the quarterback. Yeah. So really, the Patriots need to identify: Do we love a quarterback? If so, then let's take him and build around him. If not, okay, now what other position do we need to go after to fix? And maybe we can go sign a veteran out there somewhere. But I mean, the Bucks went and got Baker Mayfield, and they're in the yeah. playoffs. Yeah. You know, sometimes, sometimes not overtaking a quarterback because you have to have one, but signing a veteran is the better option. Yeah, yeah, I'm totally with you there. I uh, appreciate everyone calling in tonight. Unfortunately, we're not able to do phone calls tonight. The The feed to get onto the air is not working, so uh, we'll be back on Monday with calls. Thank you, everyone, for calling in. Unfortunately, not able to get people on tonight. But when we come back, can the Cowboys through or go through the Cheeseheads on Sunday? We'll be right back here on Overtime. Ever been the coach who realized the team's gear just wasn't up to par? Well, if I'm being honest, that was me. Just a downright irresponsible and plain bad coach. Then, SM Athletics changed the game. I want you to picture this. I walk into their store, a coach with a vision. SM Athletics didn't just see a coach. They saw a team's potential. And they delivered custom uniforms so striking. Our team's spirit soared. From cutting-edge apparel to top-notch equipment, SM Athletics transformed our presence. No more unreliable online orders or envying the other team's style. SM Athletics stands for quality, design, and on-time delivery every time. Coaches, elevate your team with SM Athletics. Call 865 966-3434 or visit smathletics.com. Get the best for your team. Delivered right and on time. So, elevate your team's game by contacting SM Athletics today. It's time for the North Knox Siding and Windows High School Basketball Player of the Week. Brought to you by North Knox Siding and Windows. Call 865-689-0505 or visit them online at northknoxsidingandwindows.com. This week's North Knox Siding and Windows High School Basketball Player of the Week is Halls High School's Jake Lane. Lane led Halls to a 63-53 win over Carter last Friday. The senior guard had 29 points and 6 steals to lead the Red Devils over the Hornets. Halls High School's Jake Lane. This week's North Knox Siding and Windows High School Basketball Player of the Week. North Knox Siding and Windows, locally owned and operated. They can handle all of your siding, window, gutter, and roofing needs. Call 865-689-0505 for a free estimate or go online at northknocksidingandwindows.com. Are you ready to elevate your driving experience? Then you need to head over to your hometown dealership, Parkside Kia, home of the lifetime warranty. Discover the latest Kia cars and SUVs where technology meets style. Our friendly staff is here to make your car buying experience a breeze. Don't wait. Visit Parkside Kia today and drive home in the Kia of your dreams. Check them out online at parksidekia.com and visit their showroom at 9929 Parkside Drive. Parkside Kia, where your journey begins. A brand built in Tennessee and born from the love of the game. 
inward half revolutionizes golfing comfort. Crafted by a former pro and dedicated enthusiast just like you, our luxury performance wear guarantees you stay cool and comfortable through every swing and every day. We're not just a brand. We've set out to create a lifestyle for those who understand that impeccable style and premium performance are a hole-in-one. Enjoy the walk-in with Inward Half. Segment number two of hour number two here on this Friday afternoon. What a great week it has been for overtime. We're so happy to have you on here with us tonight. Uh, now let's go into the NFL side of things and the NFL playoffs. And can the Cowboys cruise through the cheese heads on Sunday? Now Jordan is a Cowboys fan. He's very excited to talk about this. Um, the Cowboys are set to face the Green Bay Packers at home on Sunday in the NFL wildcard round. Uh, the Cowboys boast an impressive 16-game win streak at home dating back to last season and have been dominant at home all season long. Uh, Jordan, do we think the Cowboys will cruise over the Green Bay Packers this weekend? As as a Cowboy fan who always keeps his cup on when the postseason <laughs> comes around, um, I'll say that this is the most – excited and anxious that I've been for a playoff cowboy appearance in quite some time because of the home field advantage and the road to potentially getting to an NFC championship game. I think it's a good matchup for the Cowboys. I think they do have a, a really good shot of winning the game and, and co- maybe backdoor covering and winning by 10. Um, I do like the matchup. I do think they, they, they pull the game out on Sunday. The home field advantage, as you just talked about, the Cowboys are a completely different team at home. Yeah. Uh, just a completely different team. Um, the, to, the the key to me in in the game is going to be, does, does Green Bay find a way to get their running game going against the Cowboys' defense? Sure. Um, that's been the Cowboys' uh, Achilles' heel um, this season in games is the teams that have the ability to run against them yeah. and control the clock and even get a lead. Uh-huh. Uh has hurt the Cowboys because mm-hmm. the Cowboys want to play from ahead and they want their defensive line to get after that quarterback, and that's how they create their turnovers. Yep. Um, so that's going to be, to me, the key thing to watch early in that Green Bay game is with uh, Jonathan Hankins is coming back from the Cowboys, uh, who's a really good run defender for them up front. So can the Cowboys slow that run game down for Green Bay and get them in a lot of third and long situations and be able mm-hmm. to pin their ears back and get after Jordan Love? Yeah. So, uh, to me, I think this is a good spot for the Cowboys playing at home where they've been so great this season. Um, it, it just It's kind of ridiculous how night and day they are between at home and on the road. And right now, you don't have to worry about playing on the road for the next couple of weeks. Um, but, you know, as you go on, that's something you'll have to worry about. But right now, this game, Sunday, don't have to worry about it. And I think you're getting a, a Packers team that's been really good in the second half of the season, really gotten their offense going. I think Jordan Love – uh, solidified himself at least for another season as the Packers guy, maybe beyond that. Um, and, and, you know, that's a very, you know, we talk about Kalen DeBoer following up Nick Saban. Uh, being the next guy in line behind Aaron Rodgers isn't easy either. Um, and I think Jordan Love's done a really good job this year and hats off to him. Um, but this is not the same Packers team we've seen under Rodgers. And um, I think defensively, they're severely outmatched. And uh, this offense, though it's been good in the second half of the season, is pretty young and very inexperienced. So, um, to me, I think this screams another convincing Cowboys win at home. I think uh, what you've seen from Dak Prescott this season, he's totally flipped the script. Um, You know, last year it was, he's a turnover machine, he'll he'll never be a top-tier quarterback again, yada, 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 and he's really done a great job this season. And credit to Mike McCarthy for putting him in situations for him to be able to succeed. And I think over the course of the year, over the course of the year, one of the best things about the Cowboys has how they've kind of progressively gotten one more piece involved offensively. Obviously, CeeDee Lamb, we know, is their go-to guy. Their chemistry's great. Um, but getting guys like Ferguson involved, getting a guy like uh, Brandon Cooks more involved in the middle of the year. Um, over time, they've just been able to add one more rotational piece, kind of like a basketball team. You know, One more guy comes in, plays some good minutes, and they've kind of done that through their offense all year. Um, and we know how good that defense is. And I, I think this is a, a really good matchup for the Cowboys on both sides of the ball. And now we'll move 
into picking just one, which side of the ball do the Cowboys have the bigger advantage if, if there were to be one? I do think it's going to be the Cowboys on the offensive side of the football. Uh, and with the two, I think they have, obviously, I think they have the advantage of quarterback. Mm-hmm. I would take Dak over Jordan Love right now. Yeah, I think and many I people th- would too. I yeah. think, I think. The Packers are going to have a hard time guarding CeeDee Lamb. Yeah. And if they even try to double double cover CeeDee Lamb, now you got Brandon Cooks on the other side yeah. with his speed who can get behind the defense. Mm-hmm. And I did uh, – I don't know the, the exact stat, but I did see a stat the other day that said the Packers were like one of the worst teams in the NFL at, at covering seam routes mm-hmm. uh, in, in, the, in the passing game. And so far this season, that's been Dallas. That's been one of their yeah. favorite routes to throw to mm-hmm. a Ferguson or to a yeah. uh, Brandon Cooks, just down the middle to the seam. Um, and that's also one of Dak's most accurate throws too. Mm-hmm. So I think the Cowboys can take advantage in that aspect of, of getting something up the seam to a Ferguson or a Cooks um, and getting the ball in CD's land, uh, CD Lamb's hands as much as possible. Um, and you know, in the Washington game, it looked to me there at the end of the season that the Cowboys are trying to get the running game going and getting Tony yeah. Pollard going before yeah. the playoffs start because they're going to need the running game too. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, they can't just lean on, on Dak. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that run game. And before I give my side, I'll, I'll touch on that. Yeah, I, I think the run game is something that's kind of been inconsistent throughout the season now. Um, I, I think Pollard's been better as the season has kind of gotten into its uh, to the end of the season, I should say. Um, I, I think that Panthers game was really his first big game. Like, he busted up a, a, a 30-yard run. I was like, man, I haven't seen that from him all season. Um, and I think getting that kind of second wheel offensively is going to be huge for the Cowboys, especially when you start playing the, the 49ers and the, you know, maybe you might not see it much against the Eagles or Bucks next week, but a 49ers team that they're really good defensively, going to do, you got to throw everything you have and you can't come in there shorthanded. So I'd like to see them get the run game going against an inf- inferior opponent this weekend in the Packers defense, which has not been good all season. They've got some nice veterans around, but they're not, uh, the, the unit as a whole has been one of the, the lesser ones in the NFL, probably the worst defense in the playoffs right now, if I had to think. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I think it's the worst defensive unit in the playoffs. So uh, the offense, yes, I agree. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go the different side here. I'm going to go defense. And I think it's because all the veterans you have defensively against a, a quarterback who is not a rookie but hasn't played in a moment like this. And I know they've got a couple guys like Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon that have. But, you know, uh, you're, you go as far as your quarterback does in the NFL. And I think – they have the opportunity to put a lot of pressure on Jordan Love, put him in a lot of tough situations. And for a guy that hasn't played a playoff game yet, that could easily rattle him. And if I'm Jordan Love, the last thing I want to know in the back of my head is I could get my head taken off on Micah Parsons coming on the left side. And then when you look at that secondary, now, um, you know, Stephon Gilmore is healthy. He's able to play. I think that's big because he's a guy that's at least been there. Now, he's not probably the best guy at this stage in his career, but having that experience in the playoffs is big. He's available to play, which is big. Um, and that secondary has been really good all year without Diggs playing, and I think they've done a good job of, of kind of, I, I guess, all coming as one and kind of lifting him, him up in his absence as well. So I'm going to go defense just because the Packers, they're a relatively young group, and I think that inexperience versus a Cowboys team and defense that has some more experience might rattle uh, Jordan Love a little bit. Yeah, I, that that's a good key to the game too is the experience of the Cowboys defense. They got a lot of veterans on that team. Um, uh, as you pointed out, you know this is really Jordan Love's first playing experience in the playoffs, um, being the starter. I, I go back to to what I said at the beginning is the key early in the game is going to be is Green Bay able to establish any kind of run game to get them ahead of the sticks early in the downs. Yeah, I think that's the biggest key of, of the entire game to determine if this is actually going to be a game for four quarters. Mm-hmm. If they're not able to get anything going early in the run game and, and stay ahead of the sticks and maybe kind of control the clock a little bit, Dallas is going to pin their ears back with Mike and Demarcus Lawrence and Sam Williams and all those guys, and they're going to come after yeah. Jordan Love. And once that starts happening, from what I've seen all season, once that pressure starts getting, that's when the turnovers come. Yeah. The strip sacks, the interceptions, because the quarterback's trying to rush it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the DBs, the uh, the Cowboys DBs are very, very good at punching the ball out once a receiver yeah, catches it and, yeah. getting, and getting some fumbles mm-hmm. off that. So early in the game, yeah, I, I think the key is definitely going to be can the Packers find any kind of way to establish a run? If they're not able to establish a run, then I definitely see the Cowboys kind of winning. And I would even probably say a blowout and, and covering easy the seven points if, if the Packers are having to throw the yeah. football. 
Well, I think it's very similar to our keys earlier for Tennessee and Georgia. You know, Tennessee's going on the road. Packers are going on the road. You've got to set the tone early, and I think if they're going to do that, it's got to be through the run game. And that at least, if you get some momentum out of that, kind of slows down Jordan Love a little bit, kind of lets him catch his breath and be like, okay, back into the game, let's go. Um, because nothing worse is getting the, you know, putting your wrong foot out first on the road and then you're already in a setback, you know. So um, I think definitely getting that run game involved is key for them. Now let's talk about the the long run here for the Cowboys. And obviously the goal is to get to Las Vegas. And over the past couple seasons, you know, we've seen a couple of wins in the wild card round, and then we get to the divisional round, and, and sometimes it gets a little tighter. In particular, Dak Prescott kind of tightens up a little bit. Is Prescott capable of continuing his impressive year in the playoffs, where over the past couple of seasons we've seen some really good games, like last year against the Buccaneers? He was incredible. And then against the 49ers, like, oh, man. You know, he's kind of – that's not the same we've been watching from him. Or that's not the same game he just had against the Buccaneers. Does, does, is he capable of continuing this season in the playoffs? That's That has been the biggest question mark and the biggest critique of, you know, that Prescott is he can't get get the Cowboys over the hump in the postseason. But one thing that, I, that I've seen from Dak this season that I've not really seen in the past is – he has complete control of that offense, yeah. and he has complete control of that line of scrimmage, of the checks. It's it, 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 it seemed like this entire season that Dak has always been one step ahead of what the defense is doing, and once he knows what's coming and where it's coming from, and he gets out, gets you out of this wrong play and puts you in. That's a different game that I've seen from Dak in the past, and I think that ability of him and McCarthy of seeing things and being on the same page. And and having that experience with 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 McCarthy now running the the offense, I think that has the ability to to help Dak and get Dak over that hump and and win a couple of games here in the postseason, and potentially get them to an NFC Championship game. You get to an NFC Championship game with the San Francisco, all bets are off at that point. Yeah. You know, and that, that's why I also kind of like this draw for Dallas too in the postseason is. Maybe, maybe somebody knocks off San Francisco on the other side of the bracket. Yeah. You know, you see that happen from time to time in the NFL play. I don't think it's going to happen. I think the 49ers are the best team in the NFC. Yeah. I think they're going to go to the Super Bowl. But, you know, the wild things happen in the NFL playoffs. I mean, if the Rams, the way they've been playing, well, the way Stafford's been playing, yeah. you know, I mean, there's a potential and, there. And we're about to talk more about those games here in a minute. But, yeah, that, that's a team. I think the Rams are kind of a, a sneaky team in the playoffs this year. They've got the the coach that's been there before, the quarterback that's in there been there before. And they've got an offensive mind too in Sean McVay that knows how to win games and knows how to exploit the defense. And I, I think that's a scary team. I think their defense also has kind of been slept on this year. Um, they've had some really big moments towards the end of the year. That Ravens game, the Ravens are by far the best team in the NFL, in my opinion. Rams were right there in that game. Yeah, it, it, you know, it, it took a overtime punt return to win that game for the Ravens. And I, I think the Rams are very sneaky. We'll dive into them here in a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I, I think, you know, the NFL's weird. Anyone can win on any given Sunday. And if the Rams were to beat the 49ers, then that kind of really opens up the floodgates for the Cowboys. So. They get in our home playoff game. Yes. You know, and the NFC Championship game. Yeah. But, yeah, going back to your questions, I think the dynamic of, of McCarthy calling the offense, game planning all week long, them being on the same page, and Dak having complete control of the line of scrimmage gives him another element to be able to get him over the hump in the postseason. Um, because I, like I said, I haven't seen that from him in the past. But as I, as I preface when we started about talking about the Cowboys, I have my cup on. You know, I, I'm a, I'm excited, I'm anxious, but I also know what the Cowboys have done in the past. So I'm definitely prepared to have my heart ripped out yeah. this postseason. Yeah, I, I live with a Cowboys fan myself. He's a diehard too. He, I mean. He's already planning on going home if they make it to the NFC Championship, and he um, he's anxious himself, very excited. But he knows that um, you know if things get a little tough, then I don't know the Cowboys' history. At least it's, it seems like every year the Cowboys feel like it's the year, and then there's always something that just crumbles. It feels like it goes wrong. I think you know I, I think this is their best chance. And I agree. And I agree. And that's one thing I said at the beginning of the year. I go. You know, I think this is the Cowboys' best shot. I think you have the the offensive weapons to do it. I think you have the defense from top to bottom to do it. 
It really, in my opinion, at the beginning of the year, it came down to coaching and Dak Prescott's performance, and both of those things have been good this year. Um, now the only question is, can they get it done against the good teams? And I know they beat the Eagles, um, but the Eagles haven't been good as of late. And, you know, the Dolphins game was a close one, but they ended up losing. The Bills game, they got completely outmatched. That's my only fear. Um, when they play the good teams, can they get it done? Because they were really good against the bad ones this year, um, and they were able to beat the Eagles. But I guess the Lions, too, they beat the Lions. But I, I have my own thoughts about them. But I, it just worries me as they get deeper into the playoffs, are they able to get those big wins? Um, and we'll just have to see. We'll I mean, have to see. The, the hope on that is – you wouldn't have to face one of those teams to the NFC Championship game. Yes, yes. That, that would be your hope. Yes, because, yeah. as you said, you're getting the Packers now to potentially get the Bucks or the Eagles the yeah. next the next round. You know, maybe uh, the Rams would worry me if that would, if that ended yeah. up being a matchup. That would, you know, the Lions you've already beat them and you mm-hmm. have them at home. Um, so just give me to an NFC Championship game. Give me that one game, that one shot. Yeah. And you know, if it's the 49ers in San Francisco. I'll take my shot, but just give me there and give me one game away and give mm-hmm. me a shot, and I'll be happy. Yeah. All right, so now let's move into the NFL playoff whip around. Uh, the The second part of the season starts this Saturday. Uh, and when we begin with the Browns at Texans, I think this is a very interesting game. Um, two, th- or two teams that I, I think get a really bad draw and having to play themselves because I think both of these teams, if they were in a different game, could have very well won a playoff game and made some noise in the, in the divisional round. Um, but now you get both these teams, two totally different teams, by the way. You've got on one side a 38-year-old quarterback. On the other side, you've got a rookie that's totally wowed and, and exceeded expectations in year one. I think this is an intriguing matchup. Jordan, what do you think? Yeah, I like, I'm like. i excited for this game. Yeah. To see the Browns in the playoffs, to see the Texans in the playoffs, to see C.J. Stroud in that moment, to make O'Ryans in that moment. I'm, I'm excited to watch this game. I think the Browns' defense and a veteran quarterback that will do just enough and just not make the wrong play, you know, but maybe just do a couple of enough right things throwing the football will kind of get them over the hump in this Texans game. I think the moment may be a little bit too big for C.J. Stroud early in his career. Yeah. A first-year real head coach in D'Amico Ryan's uh, getting a team into the playoffs. I think the moment may be a little bit too big for them. Um, but the Browns' defense, to me, with Miles Garrett and those guys, I think kind of get them over the hump and is able to to get to, to C.J. Stroud, uh, harass him a little bit, get him a little bit out of the pocket and in off sequence with his receivers. And, and Flacco's going to make just enough throws and just enough plays to put enough points up to win this game. Yeah, so to me, I love this Browns team. And I love the Texans, too. But this Browns team, they've been through so much this season. You know, losing your starting quarterback, losing your starting running back, losing two contributors, uh, starting offensive linemen, um, and then defensively they've been beat up as well. Kevin Stefanski having this team in the playoffs is awesome, and I think he deserves coach of the year with the job he's done. Um, I think this defense is the best in the NFL, and I think come playoff time against a rookie quarterback, the best defense against the rookie quarterback screams a, a, a big advantage for the Browns. If Joe Flacco is able to just game manage, now I know that name has been floated around recently in a bad connotation, but game manage in a way where just don't turn the ball over and do your job. He's been doing a great job of that over the last couple weeks as the Browns quarterback. He doesn't have to throw for 350 yards like he has been doing, but just you know manage the game, don't turn the ball over. The defense will take care of itself, and I think they can in this game. I, I, I've got the Browns. Um, just based off the fact I've got they've got such a good defense. Yep. Um, now we'll move into the Dolphins at Chiefs tomorrow, and this game is supposed to have a negative thirty degree temperature with the wind chill added. Uh, this screams a huge advantage for the Chiefs. What about you? Yeah, I really I wanted to see this matchup with good weather. You know, I, I think this would have been a real fun matchup if if we would have had some pretty good weather and not not what they're calling for out in Kansas City. I do agree with you. I think the Chiefs being used to playing in this type of environment, uh, type of weather in the postseason, it being cold, being snowy, I think that's going to kind of give them advantage in this game. Uh, Andy Reid with his experience, you know, winning the Super Bowl, Mahomes with his experience, uh, will will get them. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game because of the weather, and uh, I think the the Chiefs will do just enough. At the end of the at the end of the day, to pull the win out. But man, do I wish this was being played in. Sunny Miami, 
uh, you know, 60, 70 degrees so we can see these two offenses play each other. Yeah, so uh, this this is a tough matchup for the Dolphins, in my opinion. Uh, to attack of Aloha, his arm is already not that great playing in this really cold weather. First off, negative 30 degrees with wind chill. I don't even know if I'd play in that weather. I might just call in sick. You yeah, know? that's terrible. <laughs> you know? um, but this this is a tough uh, tough situation for Tua because his arm's not great already. That cold weather is not going to make it any better. Um, this is a, a big advantage for the Chiefs, in my opinion. Now, I know they have not been good this season, especially offensively uh, with the receivers. They had to get cheap somewhere. They chose receiver. Now they've been reaping the repercussions of that. Their defense, however, has been the story all season long. And when the when the Dolphins play teams with really good defenses and teams that take away Tua's initial read, the Dolphins have not had the same success. Um, so, to me, I see a big advantage for the Chiefs here. Playing at home, bad weather, better defense. Uh, to me, this is the Chiefs. Now, we got a, a quick question from Joshy Boy. Phones are not working tonight, um, but Joshy Boy texted and wants to know, Jordan, your take on the Cowboys' team total over 30-and-a-half on Sunday real quick. I think that – I think I would take the under – I think I would take the under on that right now. I think they get close, pretty close to that. Um, but being you know, in in the in the play, I, that that really comes down to what we're talking about the run game. If 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 Dallas stops their run game, they're going to they're going to get more possessions, have more opportunities to 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 put points on the board. But if Green Bay can run the football, kind of control the clock a little bit and limit the Cowboys' possessions, then I would definitely take the under. Right now, I would say I would take the under because I have seen the Cowboys' defense have a tough time stopping the run, and that's what worries me about that game. So I think the Packers may have a, a chance to kind of lean on their run game a little bit and maybe limit the Cowboys' possessions, and the Cowboys do enough to maybe win a 24-13 top football game. All right, there you go, Joshy. Um so let's get back on track now. Steelers at Bills on Sunday. Now we had Max Pennell call in yesterday and talk about this game. If you want to get a deep dive into that game, go to SoundCloud and you can go back and listen to our episode yesterday. But um, Steelers at Bills, another bad weather game. This one's supposed to be snowing too. Now that Chiefs game is just going to be freezing cold, no snow. The Bills game, snow, wind, and uh, just a terrible football. I guess as a young kid, it was an awesome football environment. Now, uh, having to play a playoff game in this is probably a little tough. Um, let's see. So, to me, I think this plays well into the Steelers and how they play this year. Nine and one in one possession games this year. A lot of the games they've won, you kind of come out of there asking, how do they win that game? And that was at least the narrative early in the season. Now, with Mason Rudolph and the new offensive scheme, they've been a lot better riding into this game uh, on a three-game win streak with Rudolph as their quarterback. Um, I think you're going to have to get it done on the run. Bad weather, uh, two teams that have very good running backs. Uh, Najee Harris has had his best probably three games of his season this year uh, over the last three games. And James Cook, we saw him in that Cowboys game, hate to bring that up, but um, he was big in that one as well. I, I have the Bills winning, but I think if they keep the Steelers around for too long, I smell trouble in, in Buffalo because I think the Steelers could very well uh, pull an upset off if this game is close late game. Yeah, I completely I completely agree with that. I, it could potentially be a close game because of what the weather's like, the snow, uh, the wind. Uh, I do like the, the – the Bills' experience in those type of games and that type of weather of a game, uh, Josh Allen's experience in these type of games. Um, the Bills, you know, surprisingly, you know, they they had struggled a lot of the season, but they're still, when you look at the analytics of, of the team this season, they're, they're one of the top four, five teams in the NFL yes. analytically. Josh Allen analytically in the top five quarterback. Um, and they seem to have got on a hot streak there to end the season and, and kind of found their footing and kind of found themselves. Um so I would take the Bills uh, due to their experience in these type of games and how they have been playing. Um, but I, I agree with you. Because of the weather, if somehow, some way, it's able to keep the Steelers around, keep them in this game, I could see them maybe pulling one off in the end uh, up in Buffalo. All right, now Packers-Cowboys on Sunday. Real quick, I know we just did a deep dive into that game. Um, just my real quick thoughts. I think the Cowboys have the uh, clear advantage here. Uh, inexperienced offense in, in the Packers, really bad defense in the Packers. Uh, Cowboys offense has looked good all season. Cowboys defense has looked good for a most part of this season. Playing at home, I think this is Cowboys convincingly. 
Yeah, give me the Cowboys. Uh, I think that they probably ultimately end up do covering in this game. Um, and their their experience in the postseason, their experience with their head coach, even their defensive coordinator and Dan Quinn, they, as you uh, touched on the, the experience on the defensive side of the football, Dak being here, done this before. CeeDee Lamb's been here, done this before. Brandon Cooks has been in the playoffs plenty of times. Yes. Um, I think they're going to go into this game confident, ready, um, and Jordan loves inexperience. And Green Bay is the youngest team in this postseason. Yeah. So they don't have a lot of guys with you know a ton of postseason experience. Cowboys at home, they've been a completely different team at home. Um, I, I I take the Cowboys and take them to cover. But as I said a few times, if Green Bay can just find a way to run the football, that keep them in the game, it could go. It could be a close game that may end up going the other way. All right, now Rams at Lions. This is my favorite game of the week. A really cool storyline here with Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff playing against each other. This is the first time in NFL history where you've had two quarterbacks that were traded for each other play in a playoff game, um, and this one happens to be in Detroit as well. And to me, this smells trouble for the Detroit Lions. This is a team that I've kind of been hinting at over the last couple weeks um, on here and on some of my personal stuff. Uh, the, I think this could be a brutal winner for them because they lack a splash player in the second level of their defense. Now, Chauncey Garner-Johnson Jr. returns, guy that played for the Eagles last season, was big in their Super Bowl run. He's been out all season, returned last game, had an interception. But they still, to me, lack a guy or guys, I should say, that can make plays in that second level of that defense. And on paper, when you stack these two teams up, Go down the list. Head coach, who has the advantage? I'd give Sean McVay. Quarterback, I'd give Matthew Stafford, a guy that won a Super Bowl compared to Jared Goff, who uh, put up a clunker in his only Super Bowl. Um, Offensive unit as a whole, uh, Sam Laporta has been ruled as questionable for the Lions. If he plays, it kind of levels the playing field out a little bit. But Kyron Williams, Puka Nakua, Cooper Cup, when they've all played this season together, uh, the Rams are like 6-1 and and averaging 28.5 points a game. And Matthew Stafford in those games has 18 touchdowns with three interceptions. This team, when all their guys are playing, is dangerous. And I, I think it's an upset here. I, I really do. I've got them at, at an advantage defensively as well, the Rams. Um, they've hit on all their picks in the draft, done really well. Byron Young, a guy that we watched here at Tennessee, he's been great this season. This is upset all over the place for me. Yeah, I think I think you let it out perfectly. Uh, to, me, to me, what this postseason – in general, I'm looking at is just you have a lot of teams that have that postseason experience, that have those veteran players yeah. playing against teams that don't have Mm-mm. that veteran experience and 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 the post uh, the postseason experience. And this is another one of those games like you just talked about. Yeah, you, from the head coach down, you got a coach who's been there, done that, won the Super Bowl, has been in this situation before. Matthew Stafford's the same way. You flip on the other side, can't Dan Campbell as a head coach has not been in this situation. No. Golf has and hasn't played well in those situations. Um, a lot of the, those Lions players, this is the first time ever been in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, I, I I always love to take teams who who know what to expect, know what they're getting themselves into, know how to prepare for a game like this, yeah. especially on the road. Um, but yeah, I. Everything that you talked about, everything you said, I'm in full agreement with you on. I I think the Rams pull pull off the upset uh, against Detroit and and get a win. And I think if the way the the playoffs potentially lay out is if the Rams win this game, they potentially go to San Francisco, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. And win, yeah. And to me, that's upset alert. Yeah. With the I Rams agree. going to San Francisco, I agree. I agree. Two great offensive minds yep. in that game. Uh, Detroit hosting their first playoff game in 30 years. Uh, at least the emotion and, and excitement will be high in Ford Field, but um, I don't know if it'll last for too long. Yep. All right, last game, Eagles at Bucks. This is a gross one in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a team that doesn't know where they are versus a team that is kind of surprised they're there um, in, in the Bucks. And let's start off with the Eagles here. Uh, the Eagles, to me, are – I've never seen this in NFL football ever where – you know, six weeks ago, this team was top 10 in offensive and defensive DVOA. Uh, it looked like they were going to be right back where they were last year. And all of a sudden, over the last six, seven weeks, 
Their offense has gotten just – it looks like a shell of themselves. They don't have any identity despite having a Hall of Fame offensive line with Jason Kelsey and Malata, having a guy in Jalen Hurts that was an MVP candidate last season. He's been a shell of himself. And having all these weapons in A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard, Devontae Smith, uh, DeAndre Swift was a huge acquisition for them. I, I, I don't know what to make of this team offensively. And defensively, it's even more of a mess. Um, they've got pass rushers and pass coverage. They made Matt Patricia the next defensive or defensive coordinator to try and fix things. He's been worse. Um, Tyrod Taylor came off the bench on Christmas Day and threw for uh, 133 yards in a matter of four drives. Drew Locke came off the bench as a backup and won the game and had a game-winning drive. And not to mention last week's game. The, the Eagles got embarrassed at home against the Giants. I, 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 I've just... I don't know what to make of, uh, make of this team. I really don't. I guess I guess uh, last week they were on the road against the Giants, yeah. I should say. Um, but I don't know what to make of this Eagles team. I've never seen a team trying to figure out what their identity is going into the playoffs. I, I don't know how they can figure out that in a week. Yeah, the the Eagles, they, they're a mess. They've been a mess for weeks. They're the more talented team. Yeah. Oh, by far, They're yes. by far the more talented team. And, and in that situation, you would, you know, would normally take, you know, the more talented team uh, – and the Eagles over the Bucks, but they're a mess. The locker room's a mess too. I mean, they they're having issues in the locker room. You know, AJ Brown calling out calling out guys a few weeks ago in the locker room. Uh, coaches not being happy. Um, the Eagles are a mess. But if there's any team in the, if there's any team in this postseason that can rally and put it all together for a game or two and make a run, the Eagles have all the ingredients to be the team to be able to to pull that off and to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to take the Bucks in this game because I do think the Eagles have a lot of problems. I think they have a lot wow. of problems. Yeah. Um, I think their defense, as you talked about with Patricia, they've been even worse. So when you got you know Mayfield and, and, and Evans uh, been able to connect with some things, the Eagles secondary has been really bad. Um, I just think the the turmoil and the, the Eagles locker room on that roster they're they're lost. They have no identity, as you said. They're lost. And I think that's going to their, their season will will end because of those issues. Yeah, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting. I I I'm surprised this Bucks team is here um, because personally, I'm not a big Baker Mayfield guy. I've made jokes on uh, a couple of different uh, podcasts and on here that I think he's going to be selling insurance in two years, and um, he's kind of proved me wrong. But also at the end of the year, he got really bad after having uh, almost a perfect passer rating game. Um, so we'll have to see. I, I think this is a a true just grudge match, just two teams that I, I, no one really has any confidence in. I think, as you said, though, the Eagles have the talent to turn them around. We'll have to see if they're able this to do This could be a it. really ugly game. Yeah, very. Very ugly very. game. I, it's, it was at minus three. It's kind of pushing two and a half. This is going to be a close one, too. Um, very be very interesting to see what they do with Nick Sirianni uh, uh, going forward. we got to hit a quick break right before the end of the hour. We'll be right back here on Overtime. Bringing the future of modern dental care to East Tennessee today. All of the scraping and polishing with the gritty stuff, that will soon be ancient history. At Knoxville Smiles, the future is here now with guided biofilm therapy. Using a gentle erythritol powder mixed with air and warm water, our hygienists can clean your teeth better than ever without all the poking and scraping. Visit KnoxvilleSmiles.com to find out more or just call us at 865-539-1776. Ever been the coach who realized the team's gear just wasn't up to par? Well, if I'm being honest, that was me. Just a downright irresponsible and plain bad coach. Then SM Athletics changed the game. I want you to picture this. I walk into their store, a coach with a vision. SM Athletics didn't just see a coach. They saw a team's potential. And they delivered custom uniforms so striking. Our team's spirit soared. From cutting edge apparel to top-notch equipment, SM Athletics transformed our presence. No more unreliable online orders or envying the other team's style. SM Athletics stands for quality, design, and on-time delivery every time. Coaches, elevate your team with SM Athletics. Call 865. 966-3434 or visit smathletics.com. Get the best for your team. Delivered right and on time. So, elevate your team's game by contacting SM Athletics today. 
When it's past high noon, it's time for a vodka soda made with a vodka you've actually heard of. I'm talking White Claw vodka soda made with White Claw premium vodka. JB Smooth only drinks vodka soda made with the world's smoothest vodka. And you can too. Pick you up a bottle of the triple wave filtered vodka that's been distilled five times. White Claw Premium Vodka comes in four flavors. Black cherry, mango, pineapple, and just vodka. You haven't had vodka like this. No one has. White Claw Premium Vodka. Please drink response. Are you ready to elevate your driving experience? Then you need to head over to your hometown dealership, Parkside Kia, home of the lifetime warranty. Discover the latest Kia cars and SUVs where technology meets style. Our friendly staff is here to make your car buying experience a breeze. Don't wait. Visit Parkside Kia today and drive home in the Kia of your dreams. Check them out online at parksidekia.com and visit their showroom at 9929 Parkside Drive. Parkside Kia, where your journey begins. Wrapping up things on our number two of overtime after a great week here. I uh, hope everyone has a great weekend and enjoys the rest of their Friday. Jordan, thank you so much for joining me today. We'll have to do this once again. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for letting me come back in. I've had a blast. Yeah, man. Uh, always great to hear your insight. And uh, tell these guys how you can follow uh, on, on Twitter or on, on your uh, social media as well. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at JordanMoore underscore 21. Um, I try to tweet out a lot of analytical stuff, analytical stats, deep dives with uh, Tennessee basketball, Tennessee football. Uh, some Sometimes I, I'm able to get out some uh, ma- game matchup stuff out to kind of look forward in some matchups. Um, yeah, definitely go follow me there uh, and and see what I tweet out. I think it's pretty good stuff. A lot of people think it's pretty good stuff with the stats and everything. So I, I enjoy doing it. It's something I've always done in my in my spare time, and now I've just kind of started tweeting that stuff out. So it's kind of caught on with a lot of people. Yeah, it's great stuff. I enjoy it. I enjoy reading it. It's uh, it gives you a good look right before the game. I, that's when I usually look at it right before the game. Kind of gives me a refresher and, and stuff I need to look at uh, heading into the matchup. So uh, great stuff, Jordan Moore. Thank you so much for joining us on this Friday. And that's going to wrap us up here on overtime uh, a great week and uh, we'll hope to have you back next week as well joining us um yeah that's it so uh jordan thank you so much for joining us thank you man appreciate it yeah everyone else have a great weekend we'll be back on monday for more overtime <laughs>